God, I thank you for all of this in your son's most holy and precious name. In Jesus' name, if you believe that this morning, shout out amen. Amen, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. They're going to bring up the house light so you can see your Bible. And I want you to turn to Ephesians. I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. I, um, I'm really excited about this message. I'm going to start kind of a new topic. And um, I know we have one week before Soulmate Sunday today, before Soulmate Sunday. But I plan to, um, I plan, unless the Lord would lead me otherwise, I plan to continue after Soulmate Sunday along this topic. I'm really excited about it. You know, I... I I have a lot of discussions as a pastor, a lot of moments where I get to talk to people, get to interact with people and get to kind of see uh, where they're at. <clears throat> They'll share things with us. And one thing is, is, um, has been a constant to me since I've been in full-time ministry. One thing has been constant that people, uh, believers, seem to not fully realize what's available to them. You know, I told the story a while back. It's a pretty good analogy. And so I'm going to share it again. I actually was using it in a different context. But there was a, a guy who had a family and he sent his family. He was overseas. He lived overseas. He sent his family across the, the sea. This was several hundred years ago back when the only way to get across to America was by boat. And so he bought them all boat tickets and he sent his family across to get settled in America. And he decided, I'm going to stay. I'm going to button everything up. And so he stayed in, this, in, um, uh, uh, in Europe where he, wa- where he was uh, living at the time, and he saved up all that he had. Everybody say all that he had. Saved up all that he had and bought his boat ticket to go across the sea. And so he, he got his uh, crackers, he got his a little bit to eat because that's all he had, and he stowed himself away in his room to, to eat his crackers and, 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 and make his way across the sea for the long journey. You know, this isn't like a plane where you're, you know, across the sea in 10 or 12 hours. I mean, this was a multi-day trip. And so he's, he's spending all of his time in his room. He's, he's making his, his, the boat's making its way to America. And on the last night, the captain comes to his room, says, sir, I just want to check on you. How are you doing? He says, I'm doing great. How are you doing, captain? He says, I, I'm doing good. We were concerned about you. And the guy said, well, why were you concerned? I've been fine. I've, I've been here. He said, well, we haven't seen you. He said, oh, yes, sir. I, I just, I didn't have enough money to pay for any meals because it took all that I had to get the boat ticket. It took all that I had to get the boat ticket. So I just stayed right here in the room and ate what little that I had here. And I'll be all right. I'm about to get to my family and everything's going to be great. I just can't wait to get to my family. He said, son, let me see your ticket. And he took the ticket and he said, yeah, that's what I thought. And he flipped the ticket over and showed the ticket to the man. He said, look, included in your ticket was a seat at the captain's table every night for dinner. And the guy sat in his room, <clears throat> just sat in his room, did not knowing what was available to him. Not, not knowing what was available to him. I want to talk to you about what belongs to you. What belongs to me? What belongs to me as a believer? What belongs to me as a Christian? What belongs to me? You know, if you look at this verse in Ephesians chapter one, I'm going to look at verse three, Ephesians chapter one, verse three, it says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Everybody say blessed. blessed. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places 
in Christ Jesus. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. I want y'all to just, hopefully you have, um, if you have a digital Bible, it's easy to highlight and make notes. If you have a paper Bible, um, maybe you could take out a pen or a highlighter. I really like to take notes. I encourage you to take notes. I think it's great. I think it helps kind of retain. I would highlight, underline, underscore, circle the word every. I have uh, three little kids. They are They are amazing. I, every day, I am amazed at how, what it's like to be a parent and, and have these kids grow up and learn from mommy and daddy. And uh, we have Kaylee. She just turned five. We have Madison, uh, who is three, I think. Sometimes she acts seven or ten, and then other days she acts one. It's just this like weird age right now with her. She's figuring it out. Then we have Josh, who's turning two on February 17th. Can you believe that? I cannot. I mean, it's really, it's just hard to believe. Uh, I remember when we were uh, going through uh, Soulmate Sunday that year, he, we thought he was going to be born on Soulmate Sunday. So I moved Soulmate Sunday around to make sure he was not born on Soulmate Sunday. You know, couldn't have my wife and I missing on Soulmate Sunday. He'll be two. And in and, and, and teaching these kids, you know what I've realized? You know what I, I thought about this week? Never once have I thought, man, I want to prepare my kids just in a few areas. I want to just, just, I only want to prepare them in just a few areas. I'm going to let them figure out the rest. I only want to give them just enough money, you know, for this. I don't want to give them enough money for that. I, they'll figure that out. They'll have to figure out that money on their own. I want to give them just enough uh, um, uh, you know, heat in the house just for them. I want to give them just enough. You know what I mean? Like none of us as parents do that. None of us just sit there and say, yeah, what? I'm just going to give just a little bit or just a portion. And the Bible tells us God himself said, listen, if you being earthly fathers, he actually in one translation or excuse me, in one gospel, he called, um, he called us evil. He said, if you being evil know how to be a good father on earth and give your children good gifts, how much more does your heavenly father love you? How much more will he prepare you for what you need? How much more will he, and, and I'll be honest with you, I kind of, um, uh, not kind of, I, I, I wept a few times this week just thinking about this message. God just touching me in my bedroom, touching me in the car last night. I went to Walmart last night. I would like to make a suggestion don't go to Walmart close to closing time. It was a heyday, man. It was crazy. I went and I, 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 was, I was actually, I made it in before they closed, but I come out and it's like 10.56, something like that. They close at 11. And these people are yelling at the door. Employees are yelling at this other lady and they're, all, they're going, I thought they were about to have a fist fight. And what it was is the employee decided she was going to close at 10.55. Well, they closed at 11. And so the, the, the patron was not happy. And I just walked right on past. Before that, though, on my way to Walmart, I was thinking about what I was going to preach today and what God had put on my heart. And I just began to weep thinking about how much God loves us. That he's blessed us with everything we need. 
everything we need. I'm not lacking anything. I'm not missing anything. I'm not, I'm not, uh, there's not one thing that God's not given me or doesn't want me to have or doesn't want to prepare me to do. There's not one thing missing, not one thing broken. I want y'all just to say that and declare that over your life. Say nothing missing, nothing broken. He's not, you know, just like I went with, with my kids, give them just, you know, I just, oh, just a little bit of school. I only want them to go to school half a week. No, we send them to as much school as they can. We don't want them to miss. We don't want them to miss a day. Why? Because we want them to have all the education, all of the, to be as prepared as they can be for life. God is the same for you. As a matter of fact, God has called you the seed of Abraham. So what belongs to us? What belongs to us? Most uh, believers don't even have a full understanding. That they'll probably quote some scripture and be like, oh, well, you know, we're the seed of Abraham and Abraham's blessing belongs to us. But do you actually know what Abraham's blessing is? Do you know what the, the Abrahamic blessing is? Do you know what belongs to you? If you were to get a, an inheritance, would you just leave it? My, my wife... She lost her mom not long after we got married. And, and it was obviously a devastating situation. It was hard. But I remember, she has several siblings, and I remember them, them you know, nobody wanted to think about that. But one of the siblings stepped up and said, okay, I'll, I'll handle, you know, the due diligence of what happens to her estate. And the estate, per law, per the will, went to the kids to be equally divided amongst the kids. And so the one sibling stepped up and took care of that. And then the, everybody, you know, went and decided and came together and agreed, okay, I'll take this and I'll take that. And, and there were things that, that, okay, well, so-and-so needs to get this and so-and-so needs the car, and right? And they delineate all that. But what if all of that was discussed and no one picked it up? They would have, you realize they would have sold it. Like there would have been an estate. If you've ever seen a state auction, that's what happens. Somebody passes away and nobody claims it. Nobody claims this stuff. And so the state acquires it and then they sell it off. And, and the same thing would have happened. But, but I remember we got a trailer and we drove up there and we, we picked up the things that had been delineated for our family. Because it became an inheritance. It was passed down. It was no longer Mama Jules. It was It was ours. Do you understand? You have an inheritance that's been passed down from Abraham. You have an inheritance that is yours. Like it's yours. It has your name on it. It has your decree on it. It, it, is, it is fully yours. It's also every believer sitting beside you. It's available to you and you have access to it. it it's not partially available. It's not sort of available. It's not, you know, only available, uh, you know, no, it's available to you. It's available to you. So what is it? I want you just to look at this um, uh, in, in Galatians. Actually, turn to Genesis 3. Let's look at what it is first. I'm sorry, Genesis 12. Let's look at Genesis 12 and then we'll, 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 we'll go from there. Genesis 12. Genesis 12. Genesis 12 is where we actually see God decree over Abram at the time what his blessing was. Now, this is really important. I want you guys to understand that when God did this, Abraham was 75 years old. Now, if you know the story of Abraham, you know it wasn't until years later that he was called Abraham. And then year, it was after that, 
years later that him and Sarah, who was no longer Sarah, but Sarah actually had kids and began to be fruitful and multiply. But it was at age 75 that God told him this. Now the Lord said to Abraham, this is Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Notice right off the bat that God leads us and guides us and directs us. And if he's going to give you a blessing, he's not going to just leave you wondering where it is. He's not going to just leave you wondering, how do I get there? He's not going to leave you wondering, how do I acquire it? You know, when we got that inheritance, from, there, was, there was no question. There were people involved. There were lawyers involved. There were banks involved. And everybody was helping make sure that we knew who had the inheritance, where it was, how to get it, and how to receive it. And God shows, tells him, I will show you the land. But look at verse 2. This is where it gets really good. Are you ready for this? I will make you a great nation. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless you and you shall be a blessing. I, I will bless you and you shall be a blessing. I want to circle back to that. Let's look at Galatians real quick because this will make more sense when I unpack what that means for you and I. Because Galatians tells us this in chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. What is the curse of the law? When, there was, when the law was established in the Old Testament, there was a curse attached to it. If you didn't do the things, you were cursed. There was a curse that was attached to it. But Christ redeemed us from the curse. Nowhere does it say that we're not to follow the law. Nowhere does it say that we're not to adhere to the law. Nowhere does it say that the blessings attached to the law changed. It just says that the curse that was attached to it, we're redeemed from. It doesn't apply to us anymore. He says here that he has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Look at verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. That the blessing of Abraham might come, come upon not just the seed of Abraham, not just the Jews, but the Gentiles. You and I, unless you, I mean, you may be of, of Jewish descent or whatever, but for most of us in America, we would be considered Gentiles. But it says here that Jesus did what he did, became a curse, hung on the cross, died for you and I, for our sins, for our salvation, for our healing, and so that we would not be cursed with a curse, but that the blessings of Abraham would come upon you. It's an inheritance. It's an inheritance that God has supplied to you. It's sitting up in the attic and it's available to you. I want to encourage you never to live another day. Never to live another moment thinking that, oh, I'm just, I'm just having to go through such and such. Because no, God has prepared you and blessed you with every spiritual blessing. With everything that you need. Well, and I'm going to show you, I'm going to unpack to you everything that's available to you. 
I'm over the, it'll take several weeks probably to get through it, but why, why is healing available to me? We're going to talk about how healing is available to you, why it's available to you, and how to receive it. We're going to talk about victory. Listen, when, when Abraham and his people, when the, when the Israelites went somewhere and they were backed by God, victory followed. It, it, it is, listen to me, this is really important. I hope you'll get this. This is a little precursor for an upcoming message. Are you ready? It, it is, it is uh, um, let me just read it to you. I want to make sure I say it correctly. Hold on, here we go. It is normal to be challenged. It's normal. It's normal to be challenged. But listen to me. It is unscriptural for you to be defeated. It is unscriptural for you to be defeated. Because the Bible tells us that the blessings of Abraham are to come upon you because Jesus himself died on the cross, became a curse. There is no curse attached to your life. There is nothing but blessings from Abraham. Now, you can choose to walk in them or not, and we're going to talk about our choices in a second. But you have that choice available to you to walk in the blessings of God, to step in the covering of God, to step in the victory of God, to walk with victory in your life. I will not be defeated, and I will not quit. Say that when we say, I cannot be defeated. And I will not quit. The Bible says that the weapon may be formed against me, but it shall not prosper. I don't care what kind of weapon is formed. It's not strong enough to pierce me. It's not strong enough to kill me. It's not big enough to bring me down. It cannot put me on my feet. My God is bigger than any weapon. It is unscriptural to be defeated. We have victory. We have blessing. We have prosperity. That's an that's a Abrahamic blessing. Look at this in Galatians 3. Are you there? Galatians 3. Check this out. What does it say? In, in verse 29, if you read a little bit further in that chapter. And if you, this is actually the very last verse in the chapter. And if you are Christ's, in other words, if you are in Christ and he's in you, what does the Bible say? If, if my words abide in you and you abide in me, y'all know that scripture? If you are Christ, then... You are Abraham's seed and an heir according to the promise. Yes. Amen. Yes. The same promise that I read to you from Genesis 12. I will bless you and make you a blessing. I, I will. Wait, what? I, I'm sorry. What does it say? I will sort of bless you sometimes. You'll only be a blessing if you're, I will bless you and make you a blessing. If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. You might as well just look at yourself as Abraham's granddaughter, grandchild, grandson. You might as well just look at yourself and say, man, I got a good granddaddy. Man, he was good. He gave me a good, God, he served God and listened to God and obeyed God and served the God Almighty. I mean, you know, when the Bible goes through, read the Old Testament. It always starts with the God of Abraham. It might add other names, but the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of Abraham and such and such and such, the God of Abraham, Abraham's seed gives you an inheritance Gives you a, 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 you are an heir to the Abrahamic blessing. What does blessing mean? What does blessing mean? What does it actually mean? See, a lot of us do, we'll say things like, oh, God bless you. 
Y'all, the other day we were in a, a store and this woman sneezed so loud. I f- it like shook the building. And somebody in another, like in another area of the store just yelled out, God bless you. It's one of the ways we, we, we use this word blessing all the time. Oh, yeah, I got to receive my blessings. We say stuff like this all the time. Girl, go get your blessings. We say stuff like this all the time. <laughs> I did. I did it. I said it. I practiced that one at home. No, I didn't. I'm just kidding. That was right off the cuff. That was right off the cuff. We say stuff like this all the time. We've kind of almost watered down the term blessing, to tell you the truth. We've kind of watered it down. We've kind of made it such a common vernacular that it's lost its, uh, it's, lost its potency. It's lost its potency because, see, back in, back in the day, there, it, was used, it was used several times. If you look through the Bible, and there's several different words that are translated blessing, but, but number one, it was used as a, I, I will give you my blessing. In other words, a man would give to his sons his blessing. If you look at the prodigal son in the story of the prodigal son, the older son wanted his blessing. He wanted the blessing. Uh, and so the sons squabbled about that or whatever. And then of course, we know the prodigal son received the blessing. What did he receive? The inheritance. He received his inheritance. See, inheritance is attached to blessing. It's attached to blessing. But it's also, it's also again, it's a potent word when it's used because there's three ways that we see the Bible refer to blessing. I want you to note, notice this. Number one, God to man. God blessing man. It'll say, I will bless the Lord, O my soul. Well, what do we have that will bless the Lord? What do we have that he considers a blessing? We have praise. We have our service. We have our heart. We have these things that we give to God and it blesses him. There's things that we want to receive from God in the same way that you think, oh man, that was a blessing to me. How many of y'all have said that? Your blessing may be different than his and his blessing may be different than hers, right? It may feel different. It may, you know, like, man, that blessed my life. We'll say that sometimes when someone will sing a really good worship song. Oh, that just, that blessed me. But then somebody else will say, I was half asleep. Didn't really do anything for me. I couldn't wait for it to end. I'm just, I'm just telling you the truth. I mean, this is, this is, you know, because some of us appreciate blessing in a different way. Well, God has said that it blesses him when you praise him. It blesses him when praise is in your mouth. So that's one way. Then we also see man to man. So it's God to man. I will bless the Lord. Then there's also man to man. Again, a, a blessing like an inheritance or a blessing like uh, I'm going to bestow on someone a blessing. So man to man. Again, usually dealing with some sort of inheritance. But then there's also God to man. God to man. In Deuteronomy 28, I want you to notice this. Deuteronomy 28. God bestows blessings on man as a reward for obedience to his commandments. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all of his commandments, which I command to you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these, what? Blessings. 
Won't y'all say that out loud? Say blessings. All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. I get frustrated when a believer gets frustrated at another believer because they got blessed. I, it, it really frustrates me. It really, I, like, like I have, I have, and I, I can, you know why I can say that? Can I just be real honest with you? I like being honest because I've done it. I've done it. I have been that guy. Lord, why, 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 why him? I've been serving. I've been fasting. See, we make it all about me. Oh, I've been. What, 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 what makes them so special? What makes them? See, you don't see everything that they've done. You don't see everything they've gone through. You don't see everything. You, you, had, you, don't, you can't truthfully evaluate their prayer life. You can't. Tr- you cannot. The Bible says that we look at flesh and bone, but God knows your heart. And he's not worried. See, he weighs things. It's about the weight with him. It's not about the quantity. It's about the weight. And I get frustrated when we see other people, you know, uh, and they get they get mad because so and so got blessed or whatever. So and so got, you know, uh, an increase or got a whatever. Let me tell you something. I, I, you can live under the blessings of God and it will, it will look different for you. You can be blessed and it will look different for you than someone else. Let me explain. Let me give you a real natural analogy. You ready? If you were to take a, a, a blessed teacher, a blessed construction worker, a blessed uh, um, uh, author or writer or somebody like that, uh, and you compared them to an NFL player that's not blessed, well, it may look like, oh, well, they've got millions of dollars and they've got notoriety and everybody's following them on Instagram and everybody's blah, 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 blah. But if, if they're not serving the Lord, our God, and there's not a blessing attached to their life, they can have all the money they want. See, I would rather walk in God's blessing. I'd rather walk in God's blessing and all the other things will be added to me. See, we, we've somehow defined the blessing just as material things. I have news for you. It does include that. It does include that because I, and again, we'll talk about that when we get to that topic. It does include, I believe that. You cannot show me a, a scripture that refutes it. God wants you blessed. He wants you to have more than enough. But he also wants you to have a sound mind. He wants you to have peace in your home. He wants you to have a, um, a, 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 a sense of, man, God has called me to do something and I'm successful. God wants you to be successful. Is, now let me rephrase that. It is your inheritance to be successful. Well, I'm just, I'm just not so sure about that. I just, you know, I think that sometimes, you know, blah, 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 blah. And this, no, the Bible says in Romans 8, 28, that God works all things for the good. So if you were to face a situation that included uh, 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 some downturn in your life, that's not from God. And we know that because John 10, 10 tells us the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That God came to bring us life and life more abundantly. So what does God do? He blesses you. And makes you to be a blessing. What, what does that mean? What, what, what does that mean? That first, that first word there. Uh, um, actually, before I, I'm going to unpack Genesis 12 and those two words of blessing. Can we read Deuteronomy 28? 
I think they had it on the screen. Let's just read through the blessings attached to your decision to obey the commandments of the Lord. Do you see this? In verse 2, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. See, overtake, that, that, that inclines me to believe that the blessings will be noticeable. If you can leave that verse up there so I'll stay on task. If you've ever been in the ocean, has anybody ever been in the ocean and you're standing there and you're kind of like ankle deep, knee deep, and you're just like, man, just cooling off a little bit. It's hot out. And then you turn around and you're looking at the buildings. You're like, oh man, this beach is beautiful. And all of a sudden from behind you, what happens? Kaboosh! A wave overtakes you. It overtakes you. It catches you off guard. It knocks you off your feet. I don't know what y'all's definition of overtake, but there is a a, a connection to a blessing of God that says he will literally cause blessings to overtake you, to catch you off guard, to, to, to knock you off your feet. What kind of blessings? Number three, verse three, blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. That means wherever you go, you should be blessed. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall your basket, shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Verse six, blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. Y'all should just walk around and confess that over your life. No, see, I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed coming out. I'm I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. I'm blessed. Well, what's wrong with you today? You just seem awfully happy. Didn't you get fired yesterday? No, 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 no. That was a result of some other situation. I don't know what the devil is doing, but I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. I'm blessed. You got fired. I don't care. I'm blessed. You can get a moment, take a moment, cry, weep, I'm sad, I'm, I'm upset. Then step back into your inheritance. Step back in to what God promised you in his word and said, listen to me, I will make you the head and not the tail. I, you'll be blessed going in and blessed coming out. Did that change because they fired you? Did any of this change because, they, because the doctor gave you a report that you didn't like? Did any of this change because you got in a car accident and you don't have the money to pay for? Did any of God's word change because the situations around you changed? Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. Listen to this verse seven. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. I, I, I dare you. I dare you to come against me. Because the Bible says that not only will God take care of you, but I get to watch. What you doing today, Pastor? I'm just popping some popcorn. Popping some popcorn. Yeah, there's a, there's a show later. About 3 o'clock, I get to watch. I'm going to eat my Popcorn. In front of your face, before your face, they shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. I mean, do you believe the Bible or not? Are you going to walk defeated or are you going to walk victoriously? Do you believe it or not? 
He says, he says I, I blessed you with every blessing. It's available to you. It's your inheritance. If you obey my commandments, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you, that the Lord your God will set you low beneath everybody else. No, that's not what it says. He'll set you high above all the nations. Let me finish this scriptures in verse 8. I love this. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. Sometimes when I pray, I'll say, God, let everything they touch be blessed. And, and what's interesting is that the first time I prayed that, it kind of just came out of my spirit. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't have a scripture attached to it. And I almost kind of questioned my own prayer. I was praying over somebody, and it was like not long after, um, I, you know, I, I stepped into ministry in that way, and I'm praying for people. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Lord, let everything they touch be blessed. And I, and I was like, wait a second. I, you know, I better make sure if I'm praying something is backed by the word of God. It says here that everything you set your hand to, the Lord will command blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. When you go to work, listen to me. When you go to work, you should have an expectation that everything I touch is blessed. I, I, if I put my hand to it, and I'm obeying the word of the Lord. I'm doing what I'm, I'm in. You know, we understand you have to walk in the blessing. You can stay in your little cubby in the boat or you can go sit at the captain's table. But if you're sitting at the captain's table, you get to eat steak. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. I want to I unpack this real quick in Genesis 12. What does it say? It says, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. I will bless you and you will be a blessing. I will bless you, and you will be a blessing. That first word there, bless, is uh, barak. All right, B-A-R-A-K, barak. It's a Hebrew word. This is Genesis 12, 2. He said, I will bless thee and make thy name great. I will bless thee and make thy name great. He was saying, I will barak thee and make thy name great. It means to bless as an act of, honora- as an act of, of honoring or adoration. To bless like as an inheritance. I will bless thee. He was literally saying, I will bless thee. Like a father would sit over his son and say, I am passing on what was mine is now yours. I am blessing you. Now, I thought when I was doing this study that, man, you know what? I bet that's the same word at the end. I bet that this bless, you see that? I I bet that that bless is the same as this one. But let let me inform you it's not. I thought maybe it's the same word, but it's just a different tense, you know. One is, is, is past, I will bless you, or present tense. And the next one is a future tense, you will be a blessing. It's actually a different root word. That word, although similar, is baraka, B-E-R-A-K-A, baraka. It's also Hebrew, and it means this, by implication, prosperity. A pool like a source of water. Blessing, prosperity, gift, or present, or in summation, a source of blessing and prosperity. God literally told Abraham, I will bless your socks off so much 
that you will be a source of prosperity and blessing to all nations. All right, that sounds real good, Pastor. What does that mean for me? Did you forget what I told you? If you are in Christ, you are the seed of Abraham. You have inherited the Abrahamic blessing. Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Jesus Jesus died on the cross for me so that what? So that the blessings of Abraham may come upon you. Galatians chapter 3, 14 applies to you. It applies to your life. The blessings of Abraham apply to you today as much as they did back then. The blessings of Abraham. And you will be blessed and be a blessing. God wanted to bless you and make you a blessing. Now, what do you have to do? What, are, what is the caveat to this? You know, you have to make a decision. And I want to end on this today to kind of set up where we're going. Because as we talk about victory, as we talk about prosperity, as we talk about health, and we talk about all these things that are part of the Abrahamic blessing, and we talk about, man, that's available to me. I didn't realize that healing was available to me. It's not only available to you, it's readily available. I didn't know that prosperity was available to me. It's readily available. And we'll unpack it. We'll talk about it. But I want you to understand something. In Deuteronomy 30, God set before them, set before God's people, life and good, death and evil. Now, that's not saying that God has death or has evil. It's set before them. A lot of people wonder, well, why doesn't God just take all the evil out of the earth? They'll say, you know, they'll say things like, that. why doesn't God just take all the evil out of there? Why doesn't, if God is all powerful and almighty, why doesn't he just, why doesn't he just take evil away? The world has become so evil. Why doesn't he just remove it all? If God did that, you would have no more free choice. You would have no more free will. You'd have no, it would just be all good. You would just serve God. That would all, that would be all that you know. That'd be all that would be around you. And you would just serve God. But he set Adam and Eve in the garden and gave them a choice. Good, evil. Serve me. You'll never want for anything. You'll never lack. You'll never, you'll have everything supplied for you. Just don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You know, Adam's got to be like the most hated dude in the, in, the, in the heavens. You know that, right? You know, people are walking around like, yeah, what's up, jerk? I hope the apple was good. He, uh, he ate the apple. Because Adam ate the apple, because he did, it brought sin into the world. There was life and death. What does it say in Deuteronomy 30? I have set before you today, this is verse 15, Deuteronomy 30, 15. I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, and that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments, to keep his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply. Everybody say those two words. Say live multiply. God does not want you to just make it. God does not want you to just survive. God does not want you to be fruitless. God does not want you to lack multiplication. He wants you to live and multiply. To live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to process. Go down to verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. That I have set before you, he received again, life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Therefore, 
Choose life. Therefore, choose life. Choose your inheritance. Choose to be an heir of the Abrahamic blessing and walk in it. Choose life. Life is available to you. It's for you. It's what God's called you to walk in. Choose life. I've set them before you. I've set the two options. Choose life that both you and your descendants may live. I've made a determination to follow God's to God, follow God's statutes. I've made a determination in our family that we're going to serve God. I've made a determination that this Bible that we that we have is the unadulterated, unaltered word of God breathed for me that if I follow it, that I will walk in what's promised to me. Not only have I made that decision, but I've made a decision that my household will follow in that. I've made that decision. I've chosen life. I don't give Kaylee an option. My wife and I, we don't give Kaylee an option. Kaylee, good morning. It's Sunday. Do you, do you feel like going to church today, darling? We, like, like that is not even an option. And because we've not made it an option, because she's seen God bless us, she's seen us serve God, she's seen us, she's five years old, y'all, five years old. Every day, even our three-year-old, Madison, is today a church day? Is today, is today a church day? Are we having church today? They call um, Pastor Steve's daughter, her name is Emily, and so a lot of times when we go over to Florence, they see Emily over there, so they call that Emily's church. Are we going to our church or Emily's church today? Are we going to our church or Emily's church? Where are we going? Which church are we going to today? Are we going to, do you have church service tonight? Is it youth tonight? Is it, is it, is it, do we have celebration today, which is our children's ministry? Do we have celebration? What's happening? Are we going, oh, it's celebration tomorrow? We started putting together all the soulmate Sunday stuff, all the gifts and everything we're doing. They got so excited. They have no idea what marriage is. They're so excited for soulmate Sunday. We've made a decision. You know what the Bible says? That if you take a day, and you call it a Sabbath, and you honor God on that day, that there's a blessing attached to it. If you don't believe me, just look at Hobby Lobby. Just look at Hobby Lobby. Do you know, does anybody want to go to shop at Hobby Lobby today? You can't. Do you know why you can't? Because they shut down on Sundays every day. There's, there's a rumor that went around, you might have seen it on Facebook, it's gone around, it circled a few different times that Hobby Lobby was going bankrupt, they were closing all stores and all that stuff. Have you seen it? Did anybody see the, it was a fake article, they, they manipulated a bunch of documents and put it out, because people hate when God's people are blessed. And that, that company, they made a decision, we're going to be closed on Sunday, we're going to give that day to our people, we're going to take our business, and we're going to make it a, a, a godly business. They own several uh, other Christian-focused businesses, including Hobby Lobby. Let me just read to you some, some stats, just in case you're curious if that's worked for them. Hobby Lobby has gone from about 100, 840 stores in 2019 to over 900 today. They ain't going down. They've also maintained the trend of raising the minimum wage of their employees with the most recent change just last month to $18.50 per hour. Minimum. Some of you are like, oh, okay, I'm going to go apply at Hobby Lobby today. Chick-fil-A. Anybody want Chick-fil-A today? 
What is it about going to an anointed Holy Ghost service? You just want some fried chicken, baby. Yeah, you're not going to Chick-fil-A. You're not going to get it there. Why? Because they, they, they close their businesses on Sunday and give their employees a time off. They make it the Lord's Day. They only, they only receive uh, um, income six days a week. This is why people will say, oh, well, I just don't know if I can tithe and live on 90%. Chick-fil-A, and unless anything's changed, this is what I've heard. I have not seen their financials, but I've heard they actually tithe as a business. I've heard that. I don't know if that's true or not. That's what I've heard. Let's see. Let's see if it works for them. Chick-fil-A last year, or in 2020 generated $12.8 billion in sales. They are now the third largest retail chain in the U.S., only behind Starbucks and McDonald's. Now, you might think, well, why is that the case? It's only because it's only because Starbucks and McDonald's have a higher number of restaurants. Their quantity of restaurants are higher. You want me to tell you why I know that to be the case? Because they produce, Chick-fil-A produces the highest per restaurant revenue over, almost double what any other restaurant does, an average of $4.58 million in sales per store. Higher than any other store. Six days. It's estimated that they lose between one and two billion dollars in sales by being closed on Sunday and they don't care. You know why they don't care? Because they're the number one per store fast food chain in America. They made a decision. What happens when you make a decision to serve God? What happens when you choose life? What happens when you choose blessed in the city, blessed in the field? Blessed coming in and blessed going out. Blessed with all, all, everything that I touch and everything that I do. I'm blessed as I can be because I've chosen life. He says here, I've laid before you life and death. Choose life, baby. Choose life. I choose life and life. God says that I'll give you life and life more abundantly. I'm going to continue this over the next several weeks. Again, next Sunday is Soulmate Sunday, so we will not be talking about this. We're going to talk about relationships and everything else. It's going to be such an awesome thing, uh, and uh, Brother Lewis is going to talk to you more about that. But uh, after that, I'm going to finish. I'm, I'm going to finish. We're going to dive in and talk about what belongs to you. I don't, I'm not going to tell you which one I'm talking about every week, so you have to come and hear all of them. We're going to talk about what belongs to you. I might even cover some of these on Wednesday. We, we hit a little bit of this past Wednesday. We have a service every Wednesday night at 7. It's a prayer service. Um, where we do a little bit of worship, a little bit of teaching, and a little bit of time of corporate prayer. It's great. It's great. I encourage you to make it a, a, a focus for your life. Choose life. Because when you choose life, the, the seat, it's already available to you. The Abrahamic blessing, it's available to you. You don't have to do anything special to observe, to, to, to acquire it, to have it applied to your life. All you have to do is walk in it by choosing life. By choosing to obey God's statutes. By choosing that, that this is the highest authority in my life. I appreciate our government. I appreciate our, all of the, the, the things that we have available to us. I appreciate the, the wisdom of man, but it does not supersede God's wisdom. And if, and if God made faith available to me, I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. Today, after service, we have something that we do called Welcome Home. 
It's really awesome. It's a way for us to meet and greet those who are uh, newer to the church. You don't have to be like brand new. You could have been coming for a while and you know what? I, I haven't done Welcome Home. I'd like to do it. We'll provide a light lunch for you. Um, uh, it won't take very long. We're just going to go through who are we? Why do we exist? What do we do? How do I get involved? Um, you're not joining the church by coming to Welcome Home. It's, it's not like that. We're not going to make you sign the dotted line at the end of it and stand over you as you do it. It's not like that. No, no pressure. It's just a way for us to kind of break down. We do it on the first Sunday of every month um, with the exception of a few months that have holidays. But uh, we're doing that today. I'll be right out here in the lobby alcove. So I'm going to turn it over to Brother Lewis. Um, as, actually, will you stand up? Come on up, Brother Lewis. Will you stand up on your feet? I want to just provide a chance. Come on up, bud. You come up here. If you're in this room or you're watching online and you need to make things right with Jesus, I want to give you a chance to do that right now. I don't want to miss an opportunity to do this. You might be saying, I need to rededicate my life. I need to recommit my life. I need to, to make things right. Or I just want what, I want to be a part of Abraham's seed. If I'm in Christ and I'm Abraham's seed, I want to give you that opportunity today. We're going to say a prayer with you and we're going to walk through it together with you. We'll help you as a church. We'll, we'll, we'll be a part. You're not alone. You're not alone in this. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm not going to embarrass you or make you walk forward or anything today. Um, but I would like to know who you are so that I can connect with you and I can make sure the people from our team connect with you. If you're in this room and that's you today, will you raise your hand? Just raise your hand and let me know that's me. That's me. That's me today. I need that. If you're online, write us. You can put saved in the comments or send us a direct message if you'd like to be private and let us know that's me. That's me today. I want to say this prayer with you. But the, uh, you can lift up your heads and just say this prayer with me. Everybody say it out loud. Say, Father God. Father God. Today. Today. I make Jesus. I make Jesus. My Lord. My Lord. And my Savior. And my Savior. I open my heart. I open my heart. And I invite him to come in. I invite you to come I in. I believe. I believe. That Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ. Came to this earth. As a baby. As a baby. He lived as a man. He lived as a man. He died on the cross. Died on the cross. Sinless. Sinless. For me. For me. I believe. I believe. He rose on the third day. He rose on the third I believe day. he's alive. I believe he's alive. And I confess with my I mouth. With my mouth. That Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is my Lord. Is my Lord. I thank you for forgiving me. I thank you for forgiving me. Of all me my sins. Of all my sins. And all my unrighteousness. And all my unrighteousness. Today's a new day. Today is a new day. I leave my past behind. I leave my past and behind. I look forward. And I look forward to a life with Jesus Christ. A life with Jesus Christ. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Amen and amen. amen.